the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into Hour 2 of our daily three-hour tour. It is a privilege and an honor to welcome to the show Ambassador, former Director of National Intelligence in the Trump administration, Richard Grinnell. Uh, Ambassador, Director, welcome to the show. Welcome to Phoenix, too. Glad you're here. Um, tell tell the audience uh, what, what brings you to Arizona. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor to be here for me, so I appreciate it. I am here in Arizona campaigning for uh, my friend who is an America First patriot, Abe Hamaday, who's running for attorney general. Abe is going to be a fantastic frontline fighter. And I have to say, um, you know, the the lesson that I learned in the Trump administration, being in the Trump cabinet in Washington, D.C., is that we have a lot of Republicans who like to run and talk about their long list of resumes and accomplishments outside of uh, government or programs that they did inside government. But I, I am moving into the pissed off phase <laughs> as a Republican. Okay. And my, my pissed off phase means we've got to have people who look at the situation and fight back, who don't wait for some case to come in front of them and then decide something. As an attorney general, we need someone who is, as Abe says, a little less attorney and a little more general. Oh. Somebody who is able to uh, defend the rights of of the people and not just cower when government overreaches, when universities overreach. We need a fighter. And Abe Hamaday, I don't know who people were thinking of voting for before, but I've kicked the tires. I've listened to him. I've uh, talked to him about all sorts of issues. And Abe Hamaday, to me, is the best attorney general candidate for Arizona, and I'm trying to go around to all of the swing states and really pick fighters to put them in the AG spot. Well, that just delights me to hear, uh, Mr. Grinnell. Is it ambassador or director? What's the What's the right honorific for you? you I want to. Uh, you should You should call me Rick. No, <laughs> come on. You have earned You have earned a better title. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the name Rick, of course. But you have earned your stripes, sir. But you know what? You yes. know what job that was my favorite, and maybe um, maybe therefore the title is my favorite um, that everybody forgets. But I was. Um, the presidential envoy for Kosovo Serbia negotiations. Right. right and right. it was one of the most exciting times of my life right. to really bring together all my skills. So I like presidential envoy. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to stick with Director Grinnell for now, and then we'll have okay. – uh, and, 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 and uh, let, me, let me just say your, your experience with Abe is my experience. Uh, I've endorsed him for the same reason, uh, Mr. Grinnell, Director, because I've kicked the tires, too. This is a man who doesn't put his finger to the wind. This is a man who doesn't follow the necessarily media-driven conventional wisdom. This is a man who doesn't ask what is the right thing to say. This is the man who asks what is right. 
And I, I think it's refreshing. I think it's the politics of candor. But I have to say between him and someone like yourself, one of the things I really like as well is you guys are bringing back um, – a cheerfulness to conservatism, not only a, uh, a, 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 a puissance and a strength to it, but a cheerfulness to it as well. I, I was talking with Abe the other day. He says you can't save the state by being miserable. I just love the optimistic, cheerful warrior that you have embraced and, of course, that uh, sits, uh, sits strongly in Abe as well. I'm sure you've seen that on the hustings with him. I'm so glad that you said that because, you know, one of the things that really became so evident to me with Abe's thinking and the way he approaches issues is that he's a first generation American and he loves this country. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is somebody who has, uh, you know, experienced through his family and, and through the stories of generations of his, his family, fascism and totalitarianism and I, I find that first and second generation Americans are loving America more than the fifth, yep. sixth, seventh yep. generation yep. white liberals yep. Yep. who for 20 years have given money to the organizations that teach our children to hate America. Yeah. And we can't do that. You know, I, I say I'm, I'm a very positive person. I like to look at the glass half full. But every great civilization has lasted roughly 250 years. And they've all imploded from within. If you do not confront this issue, America is not guaranteed to be the best and the greatest forever. But first and second generations, people like Abe Hamaday are somebody who uh, I think are akin to the canary in the coal mine, yep. warning us mm -hmm. of what is coming for America. Rick, I think that is well put. And yes, I've noticed that with first generations, too. I started studying it shortly after 9-11. Uh, the first generation that came here, particularly from the Middle East or Indonesia areas, you know, they were very patriotic. And then something got lost in our education system. You look at, for instance, uh, the, the story of the Tsarnaev brothers. They're, they're, they're pretty good examples of that. There was a study done some years ago out of Florida. Uh, American immigrants came here at ninth grade, and they defined themselves as Americans. By the time they exited um, in, in their senior year, 12th grade, when, by the time they graduated high school, they were hyphenating their names. I think it's our school system in part and our culture in part that is corrupting the notion of just being a proud American, which is one of the things I think is great about the kind of politics you represent and the kind of public policy Abe represents, if that, re is, if that resonates with you. Yeah, I, th I do think it's a throwback to the sunniness of, of uh, Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. but remember, too, Ronald Reagan was a fighter. Mm -hmm. He was somebody who took on, um, you know, the the air traffic controllers. Yep. He fired them all. Yep. I mean, that's pretty radical. Yep. But his attitude was like, you are taking advantage of the Americans. Get out of the way. Yep. And so I, I love the the brave and courageous decision. That, that people have, and Abe has that. Abe is somebody who, who I've seen him. He cares about the people who don't have power, and he's going to use common sense. And I think too many times we have, especially in the attorney general's office, let's be honest, people who have analysis paralysis, and all they want to do is think about the issues, and they get trapped by all of the, uh, the takings of the different groups and Abe is somebody who's going to bring common sense back. 
And, and that's what I love about his approach to life. And so, again, I just really encourage people, Abe Hamaday for Attorney General in Arizona. Abe for AG, uh, dot com is the website for those that want to uh, learn more about his candidacy or help him out. Uh, former Director of National Intelligence Rick Grinnell is our guest. I want to ask you another question about that, and then maybe if I can, maybe maybe exploit some of your international expertise on a few questions, too, if you don't sure. mind, Director. But when it comes to the candidacy for Attorney General and Abe's, who you and I both support, you know, what you said is right. Finger to the wind issues, uh, analysis paralysis. But there's another thing that I think has been missing in too many of our public servants, and that is this notion of constitutionalism. I mean, I don't know. You've traveled the world. You've worked at the United States at the highest precincts and levels. I don't know what erosion you've seen uh, happen the most rapidly and the most dangerously. To me, it's the First Amendment. To me, the First Amendment has taken such an odd hit. It really requires people with, you know, your 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 microphone and and Abe's abilities in the law to to restore a sense of what free speech in America means and also free exercise of religion. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's such a good point. I mean, and I think that what what you just said permeates into universities and to our education system. Right. We have trained we have trained a whole bunch of kids to run out of the room when they hear something that they don't like. Right. And to try to cancel the whole cancel culture is really uh, about the First Amendment. It's about are you able to allow someone to say something uh, that you don't agree with? And and since you brought up religious liberties, let me let me just make a, a jump here into something that really means a lot to me and how I view the world. I I fight for religious liberties, and as U.S. ambassador to Germany. I was never more outraged to see that the anti-Semitism czar that Chancellor Angela Merkel appointed in Germany one day wake up and announce that Jews in Berlin should not wear their yarmulkes. Mm. And his point was it's dangerous. There's too many people that hate Jews and so don't wear your yarmulke. I was so outraged by that that um, as a Christian, I... I instructed the entire uh, embassy to go borrow a yarmulke and put it on your head and walk out during lunchtime around Berlin. And that we were going to—I wore this um, this this kippa on my head for two weeks. Wow. I didn't take it off. I wanted people to see it. I'm not even. Jewish. But I was so angry that someone would say to me, take off your cross if somebody is is offended by it. And this is where it goes. You know, I'm I'm openly gay. I'm uh, I'm proud of of the way God made me. And I am not offended by religious people who don't agree that I was born this way or that I should be allowed to be, uh, you know, free and, and, and have equal rights. Rick, Rick you're, you're giving me chills with this story. i got to take a quick break here. Can you just bear with me one moment? I don't want to lose the sure. rest of this thread. It's a fascinating story, and my gosh, it reminds me of the legend of King Christian of Denmark, too. God bless you. I'm Seth Liebson. He's former Director of National Intelligence Richard Grinnell. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Honored and privileged to have with us the former director of national intelligence, ambassador to Germany, many other posts in the Trump administration, Richard Grinnell. 
here on behalf of the candidacy here in Arizona, on behalf of the candidacy for attorney general, uh, that of Abe Hamaday, Abe for AG dot com. Uh, Director Grinnell was just telling us about his experience in Germany and the confrontation with anti-Semitism there, where one of the concepts was because it was so bad, people should take off their 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 yarmulkes or their kippas uh, as a surrender. And Director Grinnell, I did not know this about you. I did not know that you uh, voluntarily thus uh, to make a point, much like uh, King Christian during World War II in Denmark, to actually wear a yarmulke. That, that gives me chills, sir. It gives me chills. Well, I also, I also called up the largest newspaper editor um, in Germany, Bild newspaper, and I told the editor, this is a moment. This is a moment especially for Germany, especially for Germany. And it was making me very angry to think about what they were doing. And I said, we got to do something about this. And so this editor, Julian Reichelt, the editor of Bild, put on the cover of Bild newspaper a cutout kippa and printed it in, in tens of thousands and put it all over Germany. And he said, cut the kippah out and wear it on your head. Wow. Everybody, wow. Jews, Christians, Muslims, we are not going to surrender to this. This is about wearing your cross. This yep. is about praying yep. as a Muslim. This is whatever your religious um, source and, and, and external showing is, whatever you want to do, this is free. Now, you, you started me on this, Seth. You got me all angry and all God, I've got a lot more for you. You did, what, you did what, what is, I think, the golden question right now in our society, which is link free speech and religious yeah. liberties. Yeah. And, and that is, for me, somebody who, as a gay man, I don't need the crowd to applaud and stand up in a room and, and give me a standing ovation because I'm gay. Right. You can say that you don't agree with me. You can uh, say that you, you don't like it. You can even say I'm going to hell. Just give me my rights, and let's live in a society where I get my rights, we get to disagree, I get my First Amendment rights, and, and everybody gets their, their religious liberties rights. Mm-hmm. This is the, the hallmark of being an American. How did we lose this? And that's why I go back to Abe Hamaday for AG, because we need attorneys general who are on the front line, who recognize this point between all of these concepts. How do you balance them? And I know I can put my my stamp of approval on, on Abe Hamaday for attorney general. He's thought about these issues and he knows how to get all of these working together in, in, in total uh, – Harmony. I agree with you. I've kicked those tires pretty hard, and and Abe has not only surpassed the expectations. I mean, he this man is solid. Uh, this is this is the kind of man you can point your kids to and say, "Follow that guy." You know, you you want to point yep. put people of character into public office. Abe Hamaday is that man. I'm so glad and delighted that uh, you're on board with me on on behalf of his candidacy. Uh, if I could, Director Grinnell, as long as we're on the topic, because you get this a lot from the universities. Yes, the free speech part, which you and I discussed a little bit here. But, you know, you're also seeing this growing now that we're mentioning it, this growing trend of anti-Semitism on the campuses. Sometimes they use the yeah. state of Israel as a uh, as a totem for it, but there's no question that it's not anti-Israel anymore. It's anti. It's Jew hatred, sir. Well, it's 100 percent true, and, and anti-Semitism is a human problem. Yep. It's it's not um, a, a problem of any race 
or gender. It cuts across everything. It's a human problem. And and one of the things that I, I say is that quickly behind anti-Semitism is homophobia. You bet. And a whole bunch of other phobias. You bet. And so we have to hit it strong yep. and head on. This is one of those things that I feel very passionate about. And and I and I think that, that having people in positions of authority who are sensitive to these issues, like Abe Hamaday, it's going to make a difference. And and we cannot allow this to to go on this BDS movement on our um, college campuses. It's it's the tip of the spear of cancel culture and it is based in anti Semitism and we have to stop it. You know, you mentioned that if someone hates, you know, Jews, there's usually, you know, something else they hate not far behind. I'm often asked why Jews were so prevalent in the uh, civil rights movement, particularly in the 50s and 60s, for the very same reason. If someone dislikes blacks, chances are they're not going to like Jews either, sir, right? (laughs) What does that say? We worked all of us so darn hard you and your movements, all of us, to get into an integrationist 14th Amendment Declaration of Independence frame of mind. What what are your thoughts on the re-racialization and the resegregation of society? I think it is leading to more bigotry, quite honestly. I think this race consciousness is leading us down a very terrible path that it took a long time to get out of. I'd love your thought on that. Yeah, I think it's true. I think that it's it's part of, um, you know, the left has completely abandoned this idea of tolerance and diversity. And instead, they want everybody to to think and act alike. And they're basing all of this on outcomes. They've really lost the idea that you can disagree and have different different opinions. And and so they're attacking different opinions. Uh, I find it to be really scary because they want everybody to think alike and act alike. Mm -hmm. And that's a terrible, that's a, that, first of all, it, it's un-American, let's mm-hmm. be honest mm-hmm. with, about it. And, and we have to be able to recognize that um, inherent in the word tolerance means uh, uh, something tolerate. I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I'm going to tolerate it. And, and I think that's what we have to bring back. I'm not asking you to agree with me, right? But I am asking you to sit there quietly, listen to my side, and then talk about your opinion. Maybe we both learn something, but at the end of the day, we get up and we leave. We, we may not be the best of friends, but you're not going to cancel me or take away my rights, and I'm not going to do that to you. I really believe that we have to get to the point where we um, allow real diversity and real difference of opinion, because that's what makes us learn, and it makes us really alive as a society. I'm with you, and I think what we've created is a bunch of um, a bunch. Uh, well, really, an entire generation, really, that has never been exposed to contrary ideas, contrary beliefs, has been insulated to their own insular ideas, and when exposed to something like a conservative point of view, perhaps, or maybe another religious point of view. Um, they have not been trained to think. They have not been trained in rationality. They have been trained to retreat and lash out. And we've lost a very serious Jeffersonian principle, haven't we, that yeah. ideas and beliefs neither pick our pocket nor break our leg, and we should be responsible and use that which God gave us, reason and speech. Yes, sir? 
Amen, Seth. Amen. Well, Rick, I, uh, if I can now say Rick, because now we know each other a little <laughs> bit, I want to thank you again, <laughs> not only for your time here on this show, but coming out for someone as strong and what a great statesman he will make, Abe Hamaday for Attorney General, sir. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your service to this country and to our world. All the best. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Demetrius is on the line. Hello, Demetrius. It's been a while. Yes, it has. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I hope well as also. I'm doing very well, uh, except for uh, getting a little excited every time I watch the television. <laughs> <laughs> and all excited can go two ways. Uh, yeah, yeah. The thing that I'm uh, I'm most concerned with, as your previous caller uh, was uh, was discussing, is that uh, I think we've lost the ability to actually be truthful with one another. Okay. You know, I I, I look at I, I look at uh, the anti-Semitism now, and I I, I experience it almost on a uh, a daily basis. You know. Uh, I'm a religious. Uh, I'm religious, and uh, how do you experience it, Donna? What would be one that? Uh, uh, well, you know the 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 look. Uh-huh. You know the uh, the look. Uh, you know, you know a lot of people. You know they be, when they, you know when I, when they begin to speak to me. You know, I I hear little comments here and there. You know and. Uh, no, you pick up on these things, and you're visibly uh, you're vis- you visibly represent uh, yes, orth- yes, uh, Orthodox yes. Judaism or something like that. Okay, all right. Well, I, I'm a Sephardic Jew. Okay. So, uh huh. So uh, the thing about it is, is that um, I I'm looking at I'm looking at society as a whole. Hey, and- Demetrius, has that changed? Have you noticed an uptick? My sense is you probably have, but I, I'm curious. Have you noticed an uptick in that? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, I was there with I was there with my grandson, and you know, you know, you look at us and you know, uh, you you know that we're religious uh, religious people. Okay. And uh, and the looks, and uh, you know, it's just amazing. You know, you're just the looks. You know, and if you look at me, if I hadn't, if I'm not wearing my yarmulke or. Uh, you know, you look at me. I look like I'm from Vermont. Okay. You know? <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like uh, you would never guess. You know, like, that uh, I'm a Sephardic Jew. You know. Okay. But, uh, In- insert insert Bernie Sanders joke here, probably. But I I, t- <laughs> I take your point. No, I take your point. I take your point. No, I do. But, uh, yeah. For some reason, um, you know, years, you know, it's it's been known as the socialism of fools. But for some reason, it's been a lagging indicator to anti-Semitism in this country. And sometimes it's apologized for or covered up with the notions that, you know, it has to do with Israel or Zionism. And it's a facade. It's a fraud, especially when you just identify and isolate only one people's state, you know, as opposed to others and use fraudulent arguments against it as straw men. 
Um, it's 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 unfortunate in the sense that um, it's unfortunate in the sense that the Jewish community itself, writ large, doesn't have the kind of spokespeople on behalf of civil rights that other communities have. In fact, the Anti Defamation League, which used to be that organization, <clears throat> has totally repudiated and renounced its founding mission and is now just basically consumed with what everyone else is consumed with, which is this phantom of white supremacy. Um, I look, Demetrius, I um I I wish I wish we had a civil rights ethic in this country that abided for some time, roughly between, I don't know, the years 1964 to maybe 1994 or so, maybe 64 to 2004, something like that, where, you know, racial and religious minorities spoke up on behalf of each other because they knew, as I was saying with Rick Grinnell, you know, to hate one, it's not very hard to find that hater will also hate the others. You know, there's well, no there's yeah. no reason, uh, you know, someone who hates Jews wouldn't also hate blacks and vice versa. Uh, I have to take a quick commercial break. This was a short segment. Do you want do you want to respond to that when I come back? Surely. OK, Surely. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the good people of Balance of Nature, giving you whole produce fruits and whole produce veggies in a single daily dose with vegetarian capsules you just take once a day. It's using vine-ripened produce. It's third-party tested. It's the only whole food supplement with no additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, added sugar. The only thing in the capsules is pure veggies and Fruits, potent, good stuff. I take it every single day. It's responsible, I think, for my energy, my good health, my immunity. All been boosted since I've been taking it and have been doing so for nearly three years. Um, everyone I've talked to or who has heard me and taken it as a, based on my recommendation has thanked me for it. It's a great product. Balanceofnature.com, probably the best product I've ever endorsed. If you do order the fruits and veggies from balanceofnature.com, make sure to use discount code BALANCE. That's balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. Demetrius, thanks for waiting. Uh, I was just making the case uh, or the point before the break that, you know, there used to be a we're all in this together attitude about bigotry and racism in this country. Um, You know, Jews, are uh, you know, joined arms with blacks, helped form the NAACP. Uh, Blacks used to march with Jews. Things started to fall apart on the margins, yes, in the late 60s with the rise of the black power movement. No question about that. But things became really terrible uh, somewhere around uh, 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16. And when Donald Trump became president and they tried to weaponize anti-Semitism into anti-Republican Party thinking when nothing could have been further from the truth. But it's unfortunate. We're not all in this together anymore. Um, and and, and, and I, I lament it. I lament it because bigotry should be wrong in and of itself, whether it's based on religion, race, national or ethnic origin. I just wish we had a uniform rule like we used to. Bigotry equals bad and not weaponizing it and tying it to political preference. Well, yeah, I agree. Um uh, Theodore Roosevelt uh, wrote a wonderful piece about uh, 
the hyphenated American. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, right, you know? right. And um, we've gone, you know, we've we've isolated ourselves into these little little tribal units, you know, and we don't look at ourselves as Americans anymore. I mean, uh, my father came to which, which by the way, was a pretty good cure to bigotry. Yes. Understanding that we were all equally Americans. That that was a pretty good cure to it. You're right about this. Keep going. You're right about this. And and the thing about it is, as I, I've uh, expressed before, my father came to this country with nothing. And he worked hard. And he, you know, he, he drilled into me that, listen, young man, you are no better than anybody else. Right. But at the same time, no one is better than you. That's right. You have to think for yourself. That's right. You have, if you see wrong, be strong enough to say, regardless of who it is. Right. If they're doing something wrong or being, something wrong is being done against them, you, de- uh, you stand up. Right. Right. I'm, my father, my father, my father's a Holocaust, Holocaust survivor. Okay. And, uh, he says, when we, retreat and try to get by and not stand up and be bold and be strong and to be heard, that's why we died and went to the ovens. Mm. Mm. And he goes, mm. and, we, and, uh, and that's what I see in, uh, in America today. We are so caught up with making excuses for wrong behavior mm-hmm. and not calling it for what it really is. Mm-hmm. Whether it's racism, whether it's anti-Semitism, you know, regardless what it is, we have to get back to we, the people, That's we, right. Americans. That's right. That's right. And be proud of be proud of where, where our heritage is, is, but be more proud to say, I'm an American. That's right. Or that I'm a human being. Right. I mean, this notion that we're going to talk about certain races and their deaths and not other races and their deaths. um, This is a dividing tactic and it's a divisive tactic that I think leads to cynicism and I think has people tuning and turning out um, against these kinds of universalist notions where it used to be the concept that the death of any man diminishes me. Isn't that the old John Donne poem? We don't feel that way. We don't treat it that way anymore. Certain lives seem to um, carry uh, certain more weight in parts of the elite culture, and others get thrown by the wayside. Um, others get ignored. People don't like it. They resent it. They know it's not right in their bones but they're too afraid to say something about it. I have no idea why. It makes no sense to me why. It seems to me that we have allowed political correctness in some cases um, to trump actually life and death issues, and we shouldn't. We shouldn't. I don't care who an assailant is. I don't care what their color is or what their religion is or what their motivation is. An assailant is an assailant. A homicidal maniac is a homicidal maniac. Again, irrespective of their color, it does me no good to know that my assailant who's going to kill me is of X religion or Y race. All I know is that I'll be dead. Exactly. Exactly. You know, Abraham Lincoln uh, gave a great Fourth of July speech once where— He was talking about, you know, as was always of concern to him, 
uh, the dying out of the founding generation in the 1850s and 1860s. And he gave a speech where he said, we find a race of men living in the day of our founding who we claim as our fathers and grandfathers. They were iron men, he said. They fought for the principle that we were contending for. And we understood that by when they did it, it has followed that the degree of prosperity that they enjoyed has now come to come to us. And then he talks about what do we say about those who didn't know the founders or were not descended from the founding generation? He said, we have besides these founders descended blood from our ancestors among us who are not descendants at all of the men who founded this country. He said, but if they look back through this history to trace their connection with those days by blood, they find they have none. They can't carry themselves back into that glorious epic and make themselves feel that they are part of us. But when they look back at that old declaration of independence, they find that those old men say that we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. And then they feel that that moral sentiment taught in that day evidences their relation to those men, that it is the father of all moral principle in them, and that they have a right to claim it as though they were blood of the blood and flesh of the flesh of the men who wrote the Declaration, because so they are. And that is the electric cord in that Declaration that links the hearts of patriotic and liberty-loving men together and will link those patriotic hearts as long as the love of freedom exists in the minds of men throughout the world. That is our connection to the Founders. The moral, the father of all moral principle, that all men are created equal. We lose that, we lose the love of freedom. I give you the times. Thank you, Demetrius. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group. First, we were told that spending trillions on COVID relief and blue state bailouts would not generate inflation. Then we were told that inflation would be transitory. One company got it right from the beginning. My personal precious metals dealers, veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. As Washington politicians push the largest budget in American history and the Fed continues to pump money into the system, what happens next? What will China do with their U.S. Treasury holdings as the value is whipped away and amid the Biden inflation? Midas Gold Group will give you the latest inflation projections, and you can ask them for their free guide to owning physical gold in your IRA. Give the Midas Gold Group a call at 480-360-3000. Don't deal with questionable gold salesmen. Avoid mail-order nightmares. Deal with the knowledgeable and reputable company that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you do business with. That's the Midas Gold Group. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. MidasGoldGroup.com. Phrase I learned years ago, haven't heard it in much use, and I haven't used it much lately. I'd like to reintroduce it, and I'll do my best to hunt it down, its origins. But it's it's the phrase learned ignoramus. Learned ignoramus. Um, you don't have to go far to find them. You can certainly go to almost any university. Even the ones with really good names. This just popped up on my Twitter feed, and I am blown away by it. Blown away. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. But I am. This is an assistant dean at Princeton University. Is Princeton one of the top five colleges in the country by the ratings? Yeah, might even be top three. Might even be top two. 
Listen to this tw- tweet from the assistant dean at Princeton University. Okay? Ready? I'm going to quote directly. The next time someone denies racism in America, invite them to examine the coins in their pocket. Bill, do you know where this is going? Oh, you're getting close. That would have been an argument 10 years ago. We've we've advanced since then, you see. Those arguments failed to work, so we're inventing new arguments. That was the principle of yesteryear. We now have to have new principles. Here we go. The next time someone denies racism in America, invite them to examine the coins in their pocket. It is not a coincidence that Abraham Lincoln, issuer of the Emancipation Proclamation, is minted on a darker coin and facing a different direction. It is by design, and so is the system. You know what? That is a learned ignoramus. And maybe I'm being generous with the phrase learned. It's an idiot. It's not good history. It's not right. It's not true. It's false. And by the way, who denies racism in America? Who denies racism racism in America? It's called a straw man argument. I'm Seth Leibson. Hallmans are in the house. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.